Well, good morning. Uh, this is Asher, and he is going to be reading from 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, verse 10. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Good morning again, Sunset. Thank you, Asher. You rocked it. Way to go. It's not about you. There are times in life where you realize that it's not about you. Like I like to go to the fair, okay? Uh, not really for the rides, definitely not for the crowds and crowds of people, but for the funnel cakes, okay? I love the fair. But one of the things that happens at the fair and places like the fair is this. Somebody looks at you and they start waving at you really enthusiastically. They're like, hey! And you get all excited. Oh, somebody recognized me. Oh, hey! And then they're walking towards you and then you realize, oh, they weren't waving at you. Oh, they weren't waving at me. And then you do this sort of awkward, how do I escape out of this awkwardness, right? It's not about you. When I became a dad... This really hit home for me. I began to see that there were things in my life that were more important, more valuable, and that brought more joy to me than simply going after the things that I wanted in life, than simply going after my goals and my ambitions. It can be little things with being a parent, for example, where... where the new baby, like when Elijah showed up, right? the new baby gets all the attention. Now, that's a change. And it can be more serious things like when a parent gives up something that's important to them so their kiddo can have something else instead. I, I, you know, when, uh, with, with both of our boys, there have been different times where we have felt that. And as parents, we've lived that. And we sort of instinctively understand what it means to put somebody uh, before yourself, to play somebody as more important than yourself. There was a news story, maybe you read it this past week, of this guy. Um, I think this picture was taken several years ago, but, but the, the story was that, that he and his family had gone camping, and they were out, on, out on, on, on the water kayaking, and three of his kids go in the water. Well, guess what dad does? He jumps in after them. He's underwater, they said, 15 minutes trying to save his kiddos. And guess what he managed to do? He saved them. But he lost his own life in the process. See, parents get that, right? But really, you don't even have to be a parent. If you've ever given a gift to somebody else, you've got a taste of that. You've got a taste of what it's like to put somebody else before you, to serve somebody else, and to love them. This morning, we're in the book of Ephesians. We're continuing our series called Out of This World Life out of the book of Ephesians, and we'll be in chapter 4, verses 7 through 16 this morning. So I'll read from the English Standard Version if you want to follow along. Ephesians chapter 4, and to start here in verse 7, it reads, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended 
is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. In the section that preceded this section of Scripture, the emphasis has so far been, look what God has done in bringing people together. Bill, for example, talked about the fact that there was a dividing wall of hostility between Jews and Gentiles, and how Jesus, through his work on the cross, destroyed that barrier. He destroyed that division that kept people apart, and that he's brought the two together and made them one. And so the emphasis has been on us emulating the work of God as we foster and maintain that same kind of unity. But here's the thing about that unity, about oneness. The oneness of the body of Christ does not diminish our individuality. Observe how Paul introduces this section. It's actually very brief, so if you blink, you might miss it. The ESV starts this way. It says, but, okay, he's going to introduce a contrasting clause here. He says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. I think the New Living Translation, if any of you use that, I think does a better job of coming closer to the meaning of what Paul's wanting to say here. The New Living Translation reads this way. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. See, Paul intends to draw a contrast for us from the unity and the oneness of the preceding verses to the differences that make us unique within that oneness of the body. Because God wants us to be united, yes, but we're not uniform. We're not all the same. We are different in important ways, and that's going to come into play here in a minute. We're going to see what's the purpose of that uniqueness, of those differences that exist within our oneness. There is this great diversity within the body of Christ, and it's not a surface-level diversity like sometimes we hear talked about. It's not just a diversity, for example, of like ethnicity, although in the body there is that. It's not simply a diversity of languages, even though there is that or cultures, there is that. But the diversity we find here in this passage is a diversity that comes from the different gifts that we have been given. And all of these gifts, Paul says, have been given to us as manifestations of God's grace to us. That's very important. In fact, Paul would even characterize his own apostleship as a, as a gift of grace. That the apostleship that he has was given to him. Meaning, you and I have done nothing to receive these gifts. The church has done nothing to deserve these gifts. They've been given freely as a gift to us. 
And then as you follow this passage, Paul enters into this sort of parenthetical commentary, which he loves to seem to do. If you've read other of Paul's letters, he goes off on these tangents from time to time. Well, let's follow him for a minute because he addresses, he goes from the gifts and he addresses the gift giver. He talks about Jesus himself, the one who brought us these gifts. And and he's going to tell us a little bit about what it took, what had to happen before these gifts were made available to us. I think, I think it's Paul's way of helping us appreciate and value the gifts that Jesus gives us. As we understand just what went into making these gifts available to us, I think we will be, be encouraged to value and appreciate them and use them as we ought. So he says that, that, that Jesus came into the lower regions, the earth, and you ask yourself the question, well, why? What does he mean he came down, he descended? Well, we call that the incarnation, that God left his throne above from being worshipped day and night and came to this earth to live as one of us. But though he lived like one of us, he never sinned, and that allowed him to offer himself as a sacrifice on our behalf to die a death that we should have died. He did that on our behalf, but because he had no sin himself, death could no longer contain him, Peter says in Acts chapter 2. And so by, by living this life like one of us, by dying and offering himself as a sacrifice to God, he's achieved for a spiritual victory. That's what Jesus has done. That's what he did when he came to the lower regions. He defeated our spiritual enemies Satan, the enemy, the devil, whatever you want to call him, hell, defeated sin, defeated death, these things no longer exercise dominion over you and me thanks to Jesus. That was his mission. That's what he accomplished. That's the war that he fought. That's why he came to the earth. And so, like an ancient king or like an ancient general that would parade his captives, Jesus parades our, those who are our spiritual enemies, those who stood opposed to us. He now parades them in humiliation behind him showing, look what I have done. I have conquered your most formidable enemies. He leads them tarred and feathered. The whole world jeers. Oh, sin, where is your power? Oh, death, where is your sting? It's been emptied of its power. He's defeated sin. He's disarmed death. He is a victor. He is our victor. And the spoils of that battle are the gifts that he gives you and me. And what are those gifts exactly? Well, we know that because of what Jesus did, we now have the forgiveness of our sins. Yes? We have peace with God. We have the guarantee of our adoption as children. We have the promise of all things being made new. And we talk about those often, don't we? But they're all blessings that really primarily benefit us. They're gifts that primarily benefit you as an individual, me as an individual. But there, there is another set of gifts that Jesus gives his church. And these gifts are for the benefit of the body collectively. What are these gifts then? He lists five here. He says there are the apostles, the ones who made known to the church the whole revelation of God, the prophets, right, the teachers, evangelists, and shepherds. But this isn't the only place you'll find this topic addressed. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, for example, 
or Romans chapter 12 or 1 Peter chapter 4, you'll find lists of the gifts that Jesus gives his church, of the, the gifts that Jesus gives his body. So as you can see, there is a variety of gifts. There's a big variety of gifts, but the purpose of all of them is the same. What is the purpose of these gifts that Jesus graciously gives his church? As Paul says it, it is to equip us, to equip you and me for service to one another so we can together be built up into the fullness of Christ. As we serve one another through our gifts, we cause this body to grow and to mature until one day we attain full maturity in Christ. In other words, I think Paul is saying here that these gifts aren't your personal bragging rights. They've not been given so that you can compare your gift with others or compete with others or misuse your gift for your own benefit. No. These gifts have been given so that you can minister one to another. When we use our gifts to serve each other in this way, that is when we feed the body. That is when we nurture the body. That's how we give the body what it needs to grow and mature and become like Jesus. That's what these gifts are for. God wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He wants us to be like Jesus. And it's so important. Parents sometimes, going back to parents here for a second, you know, we get all teary-eyed sometimes when we see our little ones grow up. You know, I've got a seven-year-old and an almost four-year-old. And there's this thing that Micah, you know, Micah would mispronounce some words sometimes. Not too long ago, he couldn't say the word dinosaur. So he would say, Didonaut instead. And it was the cutest thing. He couldn't say medicine. He would say medinit. And Elijah, a few years back, would say daddies instead of, oh, man. And then I remember the day when Micah goes as clear as day, dinosaur. It just broke me. <laughs> he goes, medicine. And I was like, no, 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 stop. I don't want to lose that part of you, right? And I tried to get him to say, no, no, Micah died or not? And he goes, no, dad. No, it's dinosaur, okay? We're past that now. So I know that parents, sometimes we get all teary-eyed when we see our kiddos grow up in that way. But really, what does every parent want at the end of the day? Isn't it for our kiddos to grow up, to mature, and take their place in the world, be consequential men and women? Well, that's exactly what God our Father wants for us. He wants us to grow up. He wants us to mature and take our place in His world. He wants us to be like Jesus. He wants us to be consequential in His kingdom. And He gives us these gifts as a way of helping that to happen. He wants us to grow up. I, Hector, I don't know if you're here this morning. Hector became a Christian about two months ago, okay? Well, guess what? He doesn't want you to remain the way you are today. He wants you to grow up. Cherokee, you've been, you're a toddler now. God wants you to continue to grow and mature. I'm a teenager in the faith. I'm about 16 years old, okay? And you all know that there's plenty of work left to be done, okay? Plenty of maturing that needs to happen here. That's what God wants for us. And the way that happens is when we put our gifts to use in service of one another, as we minister to one another. I think it's interesting to note here, you know, you might ask yourself this question, well, Princeton, you showed us all of these different gifts and all these different passages why do those lists look different? 
Why are there different gifts mentioned in each one of them? And I think it's helpful to ask the question, well, who was Paul writing to and why was he writing? Evidently, the Ephesians needed these gifts. They needed the apostles. They needed the prophets and the evangelists and the teachers and the shepherds. Apparently, the church in Corinth needed translators. Apparently, they were confused, didn't know what others were saying. And so what we see here is that these gifts are given to us not by our choice, but by God's choice. It is God who decides what gifts to give and to whom to give them. So he looks at our body, the sunset body. God knows what we need. He knows what we need. And just as he has provided us all that we have needed, he will continue to do so. He will give this church the gifts that it needs to grow and mature and become like Jesus. We can trust him to do that. Because not growing up is not an option. We instinctively understand the dangers of not growing up physically, right? Of not maturing physically. I mean, babies are notoriously weak, right? Susceptible to everything. It's like they get the cold every other week. They're, they're, they're powerless in the face of what's happening around them. God doesn't want us to be that way. He wants us to grow up and mature. One of the first dangers that Paul lists here is he says, listen, I don't want you to be like children because children are tossed to and fro. Children are gullible. Well, children of God can't afford to be gullible. When we're addressing matters of eternal consequence, we have to get it right because getting it wrong would have devastating consequences. And we need to grow and mature so that we can, we're able to discern truth from error, Paul says. So that we're not carried away by any, any and every novel idea that comes our way. We can't take at face value the new ideas that sometimes people come up with. Because as Paul says it, people can be cunning, people are crafty, they trick and they deceive but they do it through eloquence, so you begin to think that they know what they're talking about. But if you're not careful, you might buy into something that jeopardizes your relationship with God. That's a danger of remaining spiritually immature. God wants us to grow. But here's the other thing. We can't really rely on little ones, can we? Because they rely on us. We can't really rely on them to do anything for us or to serve us because they most times rely on us. They take. They seldom give. And that's okay. That's, that's what childhood is about. You take often, but for this church to grow, for the church and this church to grow, we have to give more than we take. We have to move beyond being consumers to being producers, to being creators. As we grow and as we mature, as we serve one another using our gifts, and as Paul says it, as we speak the truth to one another in love. Unlike these false teachers who are tricking and deceiving people, we speak the truth to one another. That's when we are functioning in the way that we should, and that's when the body will grow as it should. As you individually grow and become more and more like Jesus, this body will grow and become more and more like Jesus. You know, the first half of the book of Ephesians has been all about unity, about how we were separate and how we've been made one. You know, in Jesus' time, the division that was most salient for them 
was the division between Jew and Gentile. They just couldn't get over that evidently. And Paul is writing to them saying, listen, God is taking care of that problem. That division no longer exists. You are one in Christ. Well, now it's our turn. As we put our gifts to use in service of one another, as we foster that unity that God has achieved for us, it is our turn to maintain that unity. In Jesus' time, it was a division between Jew and Gentile. Today, it's other things. People seem to care a whole lot about where you're from, what you look like, what language you speak, what food you eat. If God could overcome that big division, we can overcome our little things and continue to maintain that unity of the body. As we serve one another, we will grow. We will mature. As we speak the truth in love to one another, we will be doing our job so that the body can grow and be all that God has designed and purposed for it to be. I want to leave you this morning with this. Pull up a little slide up here. Um, if, I don't know if you know how God has equipped you. I don't know if you know what your spiritual gift is, but if you don't know, okay, I want you to, I'll give you a few, few moments here to take a picture of this QR code, to scan it, okay? That'll take you to the page that looks like that on the right side, and there are two buttons there. The first button says, take the assessment. It's a free spiritual gifts assessment that you can take, and that'll tell you, that'll give you an idea of what your spiritual gift might be, okay? And there's another button there that says, download booklet. It's a booklet that has details of all the ministries we have here at Sunset, so this is what I want you to do. If you don't know what your gift is, I want you to go on there, take the assessment, and when you have your results, go find Rodney Roberts. Most of you know what Rodney looks like. Okay, I thought, I thought he was bald for some reason. Apparently he's not, okay? But he's our involvement minister, okay? So once you have your results, go see Rodney, and he'll help you make sense of it all and answer any questions you might have, okay? And then look at that booklet, but then on August 20th, at the FLC, August 20th is, is, is a Sunday, during the time of our uh, classes, okay, uh, we're going to have a connecting event, meaning you can come and get more information about all the different ministries we have here at Sunset and find one that you can get plugged into. Find one where you can use your gift to bless and serve this body to help it grow and mature and become like Jesus. God has you here for a purpose. It's not an accident. So find out what that purpose is. Find out how you've been equipped by God, by His grace, and find out how you can love and serve and help grow this body. And Jesus has given us all these gifts. He's done so much to bring these gifts to us. Let us be good stewards of those gifts. But if you're here and you haven't even received the primary gift, and that is a restored relationship with God, we want to invite you this morning to put your faith in Christ, to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, become a member of this body to which you can then contribute through your gifts and service. So if this church can help you with that or with anything else, please come and let us know as we stand and sing.